0: Welcome back to this week's podcast of Where Your Feet Take You. I am Kayla Bowker and here with my co-host Aaron Oliphant. We are both triathletes. Kayla, I am a professional triathlete. Aaron, a elite amateur age group triathlete. And we both coach for Where Your Feet Take You. And we come to you about once a week. Well, about every week for that matter. Giving, answering your questions, sharing our thoughts on triathlon, sharing our passion. Kind of the things that we're going through with triathlon as well because we both race um, at a fairly high level within the sport and what you know just kind of come to you sharing yeah anything and everything we can about the sport and we answer your questions so one thing that you can do for us that would be really helpful and very supportive for us is you can send us your questions to wwwwearyfeettakeyoucom podcast it's one of the best ways to support us because then we can provide you guys the content that you want to hear. Another fabulous way for you guys to support us would be to please share with your friends, your family that maybe love triathlon or just love sport in general and they're looking for a little bit of motivation or someone to share their training days with. Uh, that really helps get the word out for us and to kind of just get more views or eyes and ears on the podcast. So um, before we do dive in, as a reminder, we are launching a second portion to this podcast. We've expanded a little bit and around twice a month, we're going to be sharing guest speakers with you. Our first one came out this past week and it was with Fiona Mo- Fiona Moriarty, who is a professional triathlete and a fellow Trace Penis Pro. She had a really fabulous topic on the concept of betting on yourself and being able to stand up for the things that you believe in. So take a look back at that one. We invite you to listen to it, and share it with everybody. It was a really great conversation. So, with that, we're going to dive right in. Erin, how's it going? It's going okay.
1: Um, I seem to be out of the bit of anxiety funk that I was in. Um, So, my attitude's better. My energy levels are starting to come back up. Um, Starting to figure out how to balance for lack of a better word, everything going on in my life. Um, So I'm doing pretty good. How about you, Kayla?
0: Yeah, honestly, similar. (laughs) I think we both kind of talked last week about how we were uh, just feeling a little bit funky. I had some stress. You had a lot of stress that was just really affecting how we were feeling in sport. And I you know, kind of took a couple days to rethink what I was just, why I was having this stress and what this stress was and reminding myself that life stress is always going to be there. I got to figure out a way to just kind of mull through it and also understand that it was okay that I was feeling that way. And um yeah, just kind of let it go a little bit. And it's kind of what I did. And refocused. I um had an okay week in a training, but then this week I've had a really good week. Actually kind of really That was good. Yeah, I well I had an easy day on Monday, which was nice. I needed it. Um just I had a really busy day Monday and so it was nice to just have not much training. And then uh yesterday did some speed work and it was just a really good reminder for running. And a really good reminder for me like a couple of things that I realized is that I really excel. Like, whenever my coach gives me a lot of zone two work, endurance work, um, I, after a while, I start to complain to her that I feel like I'm getting slower. I'm getting slower. I'm getting slower. I'm getting slower. And we did a lot of zone two work this year. And, and and I understood the reasoning behind it. We were doing it because we had changed how we were doing the bike. And the bike was like really high intensity, threshold, a lot of threshold work, um, and, and above. And so we were trying to balance that. However, I seen I am someone who ha, seems really excels. I'm a very powerful ugh, I, it sounds funny when I use that word, but I'm more of a powerful athlete in that I do well when I have can put a lot of power behind things. So, I looked back at some of the years like last year when I was running my absolute best and we were doing track workouts all over the place. I, we are 400s, 800s, uh, mile repeats, just constantly doing track work. Like I think I only had one quote unquote endurance style run a week minimum. And I was having some of my best stuff ever. And I, it just really like yesterday we did four hundreds and I just felt so good. And it felt like, okay, this is how I like, it wasn't as fast as I have been in the past, but it just felt really, really good. And it just really kind of reconfirmed and started getting me thinking and my coach had a really and I had a really good dialogue about it because we just reminded that that's more of the style of athlete that I am, more of someone who needs to like focus on how do I t- keep the power versus necessarily the endurance, so to speak. It also kind of fits, so I did this DNA testing for this um dietitian that i'm I'm working with, and in that, they test some of your like athletic. Genes, or whatever, every single one of my athletic genes were a combo of endurance and fast twitch, so there wasn't a single gene that was just endurance, just fast twitch. They were all a combo, which she's saying is really showing that you have kind of this not necessarily unique meaning that not everybody has that, like a lot of top athletes probably have this, but it's just showing. This I it kind of reconfirmed when I after started thinking yesterday. This like okay, this is how I got to refocus my thought process on myself as an athlete, as someone who needs more power, so more lifting and more threat. I don't even know, just powerful stuff that really allows me to kind of be explosive versus just endurance. So I don't know. It was it was kind of a revelation mm-hmm. that I'm excited to move forward with. I think um, good and and interesting.
1: It is so. interesting. And it's good to hear that you're actually having some good workouts. I am not quite there, but <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Saturday, Kayla already knows this, but Saturday I had a ride. I got an hour and a half in and that's finally when I was like I just am not moving. I cannot do this anymore and turned around and biked the hour and a half back home. It was supposed to be a 5-hour ride, but Like My average for that ride, I think, was 110 watts, which is 30 watts below what I do my recoveries at, Um, just as a general guide. So it really just was not clicking that day. Hasn't really clicked much since. I've been able to sleep a lot more, and I've been able to at least get through my workouts. They haven't felt good, but I've gotten through them. But I'm just reminding myself that the fall was still... Five weeks ago, six weeks ago, maybe two months now, whatever. But like I did have blood work done at the hospital and I remembered that my or I really just realized that my ALT and AST levels, which are liver enzymes that are a marker of inflammation, um, were more than doubled the like limit where they're supposed to be. Um, so it's more than likely I'm still fighting some of that inflammation and that I just really need to focus on rest and recovery for those to come down so I can train hard.
0: Recovery. And then, you know, and I I should have mentioned this on our message and I don't know why it's now just reminding myself, but like, you know, natural anti-inflammatory stuff to help bring some of those pieces down. So they're not going to be the end all be all right. They're not going to completely fix you. Rest is one of the absolute key pieces, but tart cherry juice or a tart cherry supplement, um, turmeric it is can be really, really helpful. Um, and there's a lot of other, like I know you used inside tracker, which we both use a fair amount, but taking a look at that and seeing what kind of dietary pieces that they recommend so that you're ensuring that you're getting a anti-inflammatory type diet, so to speak, um, to help kind of bring some of those pieces down. Um, because you're right. I mean, yeah, your your it seems a lot longer, but your accident was only, yeah, maybe yeah, maybe six weeks, six two months. Well,
1: I don't and know. I think. I, it's,
0: I think ah. after mine, <laughs> I'm trying to remember. So after mine, so with my shoulder, um, uh, I mean, I'm still having a lot of issues with it, but it easily was solid two months before I felt semi-normal, just overall. And all I did was I fell down some stairs, but they think my the PT that I see at Streamline, he thinks I did a lot of damage, more damage to it than just falling. But yeah, that's that's a different story. That's a different topic. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah. but with that, I, on, on the fact that you're talking about what happened on Saturday. So one of the things I'd love for you to walk through us, because so Aaron, you know, as you, she just mentioned, she mentioned, you know, texted me and was like, I, I can't do this. I'm done. I'm all these things, um, went home, she slept. And then the next morning, um, so what I had done is I had put into her training peaks, like, I don't know if I want you to do this run based off of how you're feeling. I'm going to let you decide. I don't even know Which, if you saw that.
1: I did not. I did not see that okay. until after the run when I went to go comment.
0: <laughs> Which is good, actually, probably. Because then what I did, is she did, is I got a text from her saying, all right, I've changed my mindset. X, Y, Z. Here's what I've done. And then you actually had a really solid... It wasn't like quote unquote, your fastest ever, but it was a very solid run. And in reality, that's all we wanted from it, right? From an yep. execution standpoint. Um, yep. so walk us through kind of that short process that you did. What, what did you do? What helped? What, um, you know, what kind of shifts did you make and what are you doing right now to kind of maybe help stick with that? Cause it's a really important thing for people.
1: Yeah. So after that ride, I came home, got some much needed sleep, And kind of realized from that three-hour nap that I did really need to sleep. Um, So I decided that the next day I was not going to do my long run outside, that I was going to sleep in instead and get it done on the treadmill later on in the day. Um, And then I woke up the next day and I was tired of having that mindset where you're kind of feeling sorry for yourself a little bit. You're frustrated. You're bummed. You're not confident in yourself. You're kind of questioning, oh, am I going to be ready to do this? Am I doing enough right now? Yada, yada, yada. And I was like, no, Aaron, like, this is bullshit. You need to come up with your affirmations so you can get out of this mindset. Because there's something I did before Kona last year that I felt really helped my confidence, especially during the run portion. Um, And where my mind's at this year is very different than where it was last year. Um, so the affirmations do look different, but when I did come up with them and I wrote them down and I wrote them on my bathroom mirror and I wrote them down on a piece of paper that is now hung above my desk, um, I feel so much more confident and more powerful and like a badass. um, and I'm happy to share them if you'd like, um, but yeah, if you're up for it, I think it'd be good for people to hear what you did. Yeah. So I have three and... There are things that I am struggling with, but also things that I firmly believe are true um, and can help me go into my mindset at Kona. So my first one is that I'm a competitor and I'm a racer, um, which I love being at the start line. And just when that gun goes off, kind of all my worries are thrown behind and all the doubts and I just race. Um my second one is adversity is my bitch and it's gonna make success that much sweeter. Um, because <laughs> I have faced a good amount of adversity in my life when it comes to the injury aspect of things. Um, uh, I think I've had like six or seven surgeries now um on like body parts. So and like I've overcome all that so far to get to where I am, and it does make that success sweeter and Yeah, I can conquer adversity. Everyone can. Um, It's part of what makes athletes stronger and better. Um, And then my third one is just I'm a 1030s Ironman and nothing's going to stop me from doing that at Kona. Because I firmly believe that I can be in the 1030s. Um, And I don't think my training not going the way that I planned can really get in the way of doing that. Maybe it will feel harder. Maybe I won't feel the way I would like it to, <laughs> um, but I will be in those ten thirties. And you just, when it comes to affirmations, you've just got to say them so many times to yourself, where you know over they're and over. Yeah, it's not a question of whether you're going to do them; they become facts to you. Um, and once I was able to come up with those three, um, I've really seen a shift in my attitude, and I feel way more ready and way more excited and confident about kona
0: yeah they're just they're good they're good grounding pieces and, and i and i like how at the very end you really you know kind of nailed the fact with affirmations one of the things that people always are like well you know like we always want the quick fix right and we can't necessarily get a quick fix and affirm like changing your mindset requires you to stand up every single day and make that change, make that decision, make, say that statement to yourself over and over and over again. It's, it's a conscious, conscious choice to say, no, I believe in these three pieces about myself. These three pieces that I just, that I just wrote down or that I just specified, they, they are me. That's who I am. That's, that's my makeup. That's what I believe in. That's what I'm going to stand up for within myself. And if you keep doing it over and over and over again, eventually, Your brain is going to believe that it's already happened. I mean, we've spoke about it on the podcast before, and I know you and I have spoke about it together. Like, our brains don't know the difference between reality and imaginary. So if you're going to tell yourself that over and over and over again, it's going to happen. And it's just a really powerful thing that you did, is that you woke up and you said, no, it's time for me to make a change. Well, here's a way that I can change, right? And. Mm -hmm. Grounded yourself in the pieces of reminding who you are, not what other people think you are, or not what people are maybe say that you are this, or they're saying that, you know, it's not, none of that matters. It's all about what you believe in yourself. And those are all pieces that a hundred percent make up Aaron, every single one of them.
1: And I think sometimes affirmations can be scary to people. Um, because they don't believe it. And they are scared of what other people may think if you share them. So if you don't want, like, like even just writing them in your house, some people are scared to see, like, have their significant other see it. Um, which I get because I was there at one point. Like, two years ago, I could not come out and tell people, like, yeah, I think I'm a 1030s Iron Man. Um, mm-hmm. Because then I'd feel like there's this extra added pressure on myself because if I don't do it, people are going to say I'm cocky or people are going to feel bad for me if I don't do it. When um, that's really not the case They're, You're doing it for you. They're things that you believe. And when you can come out and say them out loud to people, it actually mm-hmm. just makes those affirmations that much stronger. Kind of a, it's,
0: it's all about, I mean, it seems to be kind of the theme of lately, like Fiona in our interview that we had on Monday, she just said, you know, my number one thing is I bet on myself. I stood up and said, I had no, She's. I had no reason to believe that I could be able to do these things and other people didn't, but I just told myself that I could do it. And I said, I said I was going to, and that's really powerful. And cause it, it's you, you know, at the end of the day, you are the only one in control of your destiny. And yeah, there's pieces outside of it that maybe influence it, but at the end of the day, you make the choice and it's it's a big shift that we've seen with you over like since you and I have been working together and, and all these pieces is is that being willing to stand up for yourself and say, No, this is me. This is a part of what makes me special is being able to chase this dream or chase this goal. And I will do it and I can do it because I am confident in chasing that dream or chasing that goal and stand you know, again, standing up for yourself within that space. So I love I love your affirmations. I think they're powerful. I think they're grounding, which is another important thing around affirmations is that they really help to kind of ground us in what it is that we're tr- one in the goal that we're trying to achieve and on top of that, it maybe when we are kind of going back into that negative space, kind of grounds you back into the who you are as a person. And I know those affirmations that you came up with, they elicit a really powerful emotion for you, which get, like you said, it got you excited. Yeah. Um, and that's a powerful emotion. And that's where you really, whenever you're creating them, it's important to kind of look at what emotion am I trying to elicit and ask yourself, well, what helps me to actually achieve that emotion? What, what brings that to the surface? Um, when I got that message from you, I got really excited, and it like kind of gave me goosebumps. And I was like, "Yes, th- there, there's Aaron. There's the Aaron that we've been working with. That, that's the Aaron that 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 wins races and you know does a ten thirty at Kona. Um, there's the competitor that we know you are. You just because had to re-
1: you just had to refine it. Something I had been struggling with for a few weeks there, um, and it's really not a fun mindset to be in. You don't want to feel that way towards yourself. Um, So yeah, I mean, especially if you're in kind of a mental funk, I highly recommend just sitting down and coming up with just three statements that are really powerful to you. And they don't have to be, when you write
0: those statements, they don't always have to be necessarily related to a goal. Your third Mm -hmm. one technically is, but if you look at your other two, they're not necessarily to a extrinsic goal they're very process and effort related and they're more just about creating space for reminding you again about who you are. And so I think that's an important piece to remember too is that when you write these, you don't you can ignore the goal if you want. It doesn't have to be a piece of it. It's it's more about creating space for you to ground yourself in in who you are and what again maybe gets you excited or makes you feel powerful or confident or calm or peaceful all of those things allow you to then optimize the performance that you're trying to achieve in whatever it is. It doesn't have to be triathlon either. It can be life. It can be work, uh, relationships, et cetera. So, um, I think that's often, and I appreciate you being willing to share with everybody kind of that process and, and you know, what you came up with.
1: It's really great.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So we does have, have some questions this week. Um, and the first one is from Kristen Yax, who is a friend of mine and a long time, we've been following each other on uh, Instagram for a really long time. Um, she lives in Bend, Oregon. She, she wanted to know, she was like, I asked if we both, you know, I, and I don't know if you did, I'm assuming you kind of paid a little bit of attention, um, to what our thoughts were on the men's world championship in Nice. Um, would we go if we qualified, what we thought of the course, etc. cetera. Um, so for those of you that maybe are not fully immersed in the in the uh, triathlon world, last weekend, I hope I'm getting that right now. that yep, I'm the, yep, Last weekend, last weekend um, was the men's world championship for the full distance Ironman, and it was in Nice, France. In about four weeks is the Women's World Championship in Kona, Hawaii. And this is the first year that men and women have been split. And it's also the first year in a long, long time. There actually previously was a World Championships in Nice. So it's not the first time that it's ever been in Nice for the full distance Ironman. So this is also has been there before. Um, in uh, But it is the first year in a very long time that it has not been on uh, the Big Island. Um, so she just wanted to kind of hear our thoughts on it. Um, I did watch the a large portion of the run because my wonderful two-year-old decided to be awake at 3.30 in the morning, and that meant I was awake at 3.30 in the morning, and so I watched the second portion of the, kind of the back half of the run, uh, the last three, I think it was almost the last three loops, Um, and... So I didn't watch any of the bike or the swim, but, you know, kind of got caught up on it. And I will tell you, I, watching it, I was like, I want to qualify for this. I want to race here. I want to do this. And I wasn't, I didn't know that I was actually going to feel that way, but I was like, this is awesome. This is such a cool venue. It was beautiful. It was challenging. The run was super spectator friendly. I mean, the streets were lined with people, which was so cool. Um, And the men brought a show. It was fun to watch. I mean, Iron Man put on a fabulous spectator spectacle or whatever you want to call it. Um, And from that standpoint, I mean, I thought it was awesome and Like, what a world championship course should be like. Hard. I mean, that bike course spit people out. It was very, very challenging. Um, And, I mean, a world championship course should be challenging. Um, And so, for me, that's kind of what it did for me. I actually didn't even think I was going to, like, even want to necessarily... wasn't sure I wanted to necessarily remotely even try for a world championship slot next year. But... That made me want to, and so for me that was kind of the big shift that it did for me. And if I if I qualified, I'd want to figure out how a way to go. Now, if I could, uh, whether I can afford to go or not is a different story. <laughs> but going to Kona is expensive too, so it's kind of like you know those pieces. Um,
1: I don't know. Did you watch any of it? Pay any attention to it? I watched a lot of highlights um, and obviously paid attention to the results. I mean, it looks beautiful. It looks like a great race. It looks hard and challenging like a world champs should. Um, I think it did have most of the top competitors, if not all the top competitors there. Um, it was a really good race. I think I'd like to race there, but from a financial means, <laughs> it's the money thing.
0: <laughs> um so if we both put aside this financial aspect of it, because that's a, pe- obviously that's, you know, that's one of the things like when we talk about Kona too, like people from Europe, they have the same concept yeah.
1: when they yep. have to go
0: to Kona. So in reality, it's like, okay, do the Americans have to do that or do the European, like, so yeah. if we
1: put that aside, let's, I think let's remove
0: that from the equation.
1: My other big thing though, is this time of year. It's a really big, bad time for me to be targeting an Ironman distance race because I will be traveling for work for half of June and half of July. Um, So to have a Ironman on the schedule, especially a world championship Ironman on the schedule for me early September uh, would probably be very stressful. So my guess is I'm probably going to opt not to. Now, if I come into a ton of money, uh, 70.3 worlds (coughs) in New Zealand, That would be very tempted to do. Um, And that timing works very well for me, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, I think that's the pieces that, you know, for me, and I was listening to ProTri News and I agreed with what Pat Lemieux said is that he didn't love that they were split. And I very much agree with that. I don't like that the men and women are split. My one thing on that is at this exact span and time in our life, That is the way it's going to be for the next three years. So we as athletes, it's the way it is. We have no control over it. We can't do anything about it. The only thing that we can do as athletes is we can make it the best that we can. And that, in my opinion, that is our duty as an athlete as well. We have a choice. If we wanted to stay on a world championship and have a world championship feel, then you know what? We have to make it that way to the best that we can. As we saw with the, the the broadcast, with all of the the red, you know, the red carpet, the venue, the company is going to do that aspect of it. They know how to put on a world championship race and they are the best at it. So it's up to us as athletes to then to bring the other aspect of it. And and maybe hopefully it changes and it can go back to maybe either always being it. Maybe it always needs to go to Nice. And that's now then what it has to be. I don't know if that's the right answer or not, but I don't know. I liked, I thought it was an awesome venue. And it from that easy. standpoint, it got me excited, which, you know, like. I think you need point, to, right? right
1: so technically sound on that course. And I love that. Yeah. Um, like, I would love to race Nice. I just don't think it's in the cards for me next year, even if I were to qualify.
0: I think that's a good point, is that it almost requires you to be a lot more of a well-rounded athlete as a triathlete, yes. right? Kona is all about, one, who can handle the heat, and two, who can TT s- s- TT time trial down a highway, yeah, <laughs> the best for full miles. I mean, in reality, that's really what it is. Uh, whereas this race really broke things up a lot. Um, you know, from that standpoint. Um, so I don't know, I got excited from it. I thought it was really great. I think there's definitely some pieces that still are, you know, that don't aren't awesome, but I also, I've just always been a person who's you know, we have control over our, our own destiny to that extent. And if we want to make it great, then we got to make it great. Control what you can control kind of thing. Um, I'm excited for Kona coming up to watch that. I, I think the women are going to put on a show. And, you know, it's 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 a race where, it, to me, see, being able to ha- just support the women just from a women's standpoint, I think is important. Um and, you know, I, I, overall, I'd love to see it go back to being able to be, you know, men on one day, women on another. But we can't do that in Kona. So what does that look like? I don't know the answer. But yeah. from a, what was nice, it was awesome. I thought it looked great. Um, again, it got me excited. So that was that.
1: Yeah, maybe they can figure. I mean, I think, yeah, if we can find a venue each year i don't even really care for world champs if it switches as long as it's a harder course and i think it's i like the men and the woman being i like them separate days but the same weekend yes um, like the 70.3 worlds yeah
0: you know it's, it's ideal we've been
1: somewhere people in california were... could probably host <laughs> right <laughs> like, right people travel to california
0: I mean, I hate to say it, but St. George is a fabulous, like yeah. not necessarily where you always want to go for a seventy a world championship, but talk about a great venue, challenging, hard. They have the ability to host men and women, and you know, maybe it is the now, maybe it is time to start rotating it like the seventy point three worlds. You know, I don't know. Again, I don't have an answer, but yeah,
1: I think I think if you listen to Pro Tri News too, they mentioned the sponsorship. Side of it, which also with my sport management background, that's a huge thing. And sponsors, I really can't imagine want to go to two completely separate locations for world champs. So I think that's going to no. be hard to the next three years.
0: And the other big piece of that, that you know, that I mentioned as well, too, that I, I didn't even think of, but a lot of these companies are based in Europe. And yeah. so I would be curious to see if over the next couple years, if Nice gets a bigger pull because these companies don't have to travel as far.
1: So their out of pocket expense to go to Nice and support that race is going to be way less. And if that can bring the registration fee down from like the $1,500 mark it went up to this year back down to the $1,000 mark, that would be appreciated. Yeah. Yes, it would. Because <laughs> <laughs> if it keeps going up at $500 each year, I'm going to be in trouble.
0: Yeah, eventually they will have to they won't be able to or they'll lose all their market value. So um,
1: Awesome. Well, that was
0: a really good question. Um again, I thought it was really cool it'll be it's going to be interesting to see what happens here in a couple weeks at Kona. Um it'll be really awesome to have, you know, a couple of you guys from the team down there um to get a good sense of, you know, what the vibe is like and, you know, kind of all those pieces. So um yeah. All right, let's move on to our next question. We had one from Steve Owen, um, and he had a question about whether we do open water swims or not for practice. Um, He asked if we found open water swimming in races challenging. um, And I added some pieces to this because I know that answer for both of us doesn't necessarily help the broader public because... One, neither one of us open water swim very often, and two, neither one of us have any issues with it. Um, however, I think a lot of people do, and so I want to add in there, you know, how should we manage some of our nerves around it and those pieces. Um, yeah, you and I both do all of our swimming in pools, all of our training yeah. in pools. Yeah,
1: the closest open water we it's could swim closest. is an hour plus away, um, and it is not worth it to me to make that drive. So 30 to 40 minutes is probably what I'd be able to handle. (laughs) And it's boring to me. And I don't like, I will say this is when I struggle with open water swimming. I do not like being out there alone. It really freaks me out. Like (laughs) I know I know how to swim, but just being out there alone really, really scares me. So I do not like it and I do not do it. I have zero issues
0: in a race, zero anxiety, no fear, nothing. But when I go out there to do an open water swim on my own, like I've tried it a couple of times because, you know, my coach is like wanting me to do it for practice because it is good practice because it is a little bit different than being in a pool. My work, my workouts, quote unquote, are horrendous because I panic. I am really slow. I have to stop. I always imagine that a
1: tree is going to eat me. I, I imagine a boat's going to hit me. So yes, even if I'm in like me. a no boat area. Still, boat's going to hit me. Yeah. The fish shark a in a lake. Me. A shark in yep. a lake going to bite me. <laughs> like, yep.
0: You know, the little tiny fishies that, you know, that live yeah. in these lakes. That Because, we- <laughs> let's face it, we don't swim out deep enough to ever, like, see any scary creatures. But there are lake monsters, and they're going to eat me. Just the yep. way that it is.
1: Yeah. But no problem in a race. Yeah. <laughs> so. I'll do it there. Or, like, practice swims. Like... The days leading up to Kona has enough people in the ocean where I could swim the whole course and be fine. Um, I'll do that. Coeur d'Alene, the warm-up swims the day before. I did a couple of those, but anytime I got past the buoys, which is generally where people would stop swimming, I start to freak out and I turn and come back because I just don't like it. Yeah. Um, so not going to be helpful tips for that because it scares <laughs> me.
0: Yeah. And so with that, you know, if you are some, you know, if you are somebody who really, really struggles in open water, I do recommend if, if you have access to it, getting in there, try, especially because if you're someone who maybe isn't used to wearing a wetsuit, that can make, it can be restricting. It can feel uncomfortable. Um, you know, so getting in your wetsuit, getting out there if you can, finding groups of people to do it with. Um, it can be, you know, really helpful. Um, and, Cause it it is, it is different and there is kind of a scary aspect to it. Um, you know, for me, I just try one, I just don't think about it. I, I, every time in, 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 in a race, I really try to focus on the things that are going to keep me present in, in what I'm doing. So for me, it's very technique based, you know, making uh, like right now I'm having issues with, I breathe for way too long. And yes, you do (laughs) way too long. I know it very challenging for me to fix i even caught myself doing it today it's like wow why do i br- I literally breathe for like my entire stroke
1: well and that brings up the next point and i think in open water it's super helpful to focus on your breathing and fo- mm-hmm. especially focus on the exhale into the water um so when you turn your head you can get that deep breath put it back in and go back to blowing your bubbles as i mm-hmm. say to the kids blow your bubbles to say hi to the fishies yep um, <laughs> But I think if you can control your breathing, it can really help calm you down um, because I think a lot of people get in open water and start hyperventilating. Yep.
0: And then oftentimes that that hyperventilating, and, and when you're in a race, in an open water, in a wetsuit, it's very easy to quickly go hypoxic. Yep. And if that, that That feeling feels like a panic attack. And so if you can't, one, calm yourself down, and two, realize, okay, I'm just... I'm just a little bit hypoxic right now. I need to take in a little bit more oxygen. I need to get the CO2 out. Then it's easy to kind of mix those two up. So yeah, I do the same thing with athletes is see the bubbles that you're breathing out because it's actually also relaxing. There's, there's, there's proof to show you that that that's relaxing. Um, Um,
1: my other thing in a race is I would not, if you're someone who freaks out in open water, I would not seed yourself faster than what you're going to swim because you will have people swimming over you. And I think it's way better if you're scared to swim over people than to have people swimming over you. Yep. Stay out of the faster groups because
0: they're aggressive. And especially in a lot of these races, men and women get put in in the same space. And not to, you know, generalize, but the faster men are a lot
1: more aggressive. They're a lot bigger. It can be... The very slower scary. men are very aggressive too because Coeur was two loops and I passed the man and he grabbed my leg and pointed oh me goodness. back when I was lapping him. Perfect. That's I right. might have purposely kicked him. I will neither confirm or deny that. Or deny.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, that's another piece is you just kick really, really hard and then everybody stays away from you. Um, <laughs> but I think the biggest piece... That I think we're both saying too is twofold. One, focus on your breathing. And two, have something to focus on, whether that's technique, counting your strokes, counting your breaths, counting buoys. I mean, those are, I know those are all counting things, but they really are. The key is that that you're putting something else into your focal zone so that you're not thinking about the fact that there are fish in the water that are going to eat you.
1: And if you're someone, too, who does not have a group to go do practice open water swims, but you need to work on your open water swimming technique, um, I highly recommend doing some spin drills where your head's up out of the water and you're just moving your arms as fast as possible. Um, Or just any, like, high tempo drills, because that's really what you want in open water swimming is a higher tempo where you're not kind of catching up the whole time. Yeah, that's a good point. I like that one.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you, Steve. That was a great question. Um hopefully it helps. So, um the last question that we had was from Bamboo Works, which is a hat and clothing company. They make um uh uh hats, uh socks, and headbands. Um they're a very small kind of mom and pop style company. I don't I can't remember where they're located, but their stuff is really cool. Um and they had a question on on um how do, we, how do you balance solid and liquid nutrition for a full-distance triathlon? Um, so great question um, because a full-distance triathlon requires a lot of carbohydrates and it can be very challenging to get it all in in a way that works for you. And I think that right there is the key. Yes. As you have to find, are you someone who can do it on all liquid? Do you need more solids? Do you not? And, and you have to... Train, and You also have to train your body to be able to absorb the amount of carbohydrates that it takes to do a full um, distance triathlon. And so it's something that you have to practice. I know for those of you that I coach, it's something I harp on all of the time. Did you get your nutrition in? Did you get your calories in? How many carbohydrates did you take per hour? Did you drink water? Um Did you get electrolytes in? It's like the number one question that I ask you guys on Training Peaks whenever I review your stuff. Um... And so if you're someone that, you know, can take in a combination, that usually kind of seems to be the best. Um, and it really comes down to figuring out what works for you. Um, I know you, Aaron, I do. I think I do more liquids than you do, but you're, you're kind of
1: more of a... I don't think you know, so. I, I, don't I think, think at so. this... I, no, because at this point, I'm only doing liquid. I don't even really... Oh, okay. I have maybe like four gels throughout the course of the race. Yep. Um, okay. I've just found as I get more into it, and I think as I can push my red line a little more at the Ironman distance, I really hate chewing. Like, really, really hate chewing. (laughs) Um, Like, my first Ironman, I used to eat an Uncrustable. I used to eat two bars, um, all on the bike. Um, And since now on the bike, I'll do my bottles of carbs and calories, and I'll have Maybe a sleeve or two sleeves of Cliff Blocks, depending on what my hunger levels mm-hmm. are, um, and that's yep. about as far as my food. It all right, so yeah. So we're very similar
0: then. Yeah. So I do <laughs> all all liquid nutrition on the bike. Like at Tremblant, I had two gels and one chew, one thing a chews extra, and then everything else was uh, liquid. Um, for similar reasonings, like. Chewing when you're pushing that type of effort is very hard. And I have a heart, I can't eat that many. I can't, I just cannot eat 120 grams of carbohydrates in an hour. It just, I would eat them all at the very hour, first hour, and then I would have nothing in my... Like, I feel like I have to balance it out a little bit better. So when I drink it, I'm sipping on 120 grams of carbs through that hour, and it's a lot more balanced across the hour versus consuming a quick, like, 100 grams of carbs immediately within, like, a 15-minute span and then not having anything for the next hour. Like, just seems to fit a little bit better. Um, But really... I really think the key with that is you just have to figure out what works for you
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you have to test it. Yeah. Um, I think
1: the testing it's the big part. I mean, your body's not going to learn how to absorb carbs while exercising unless you practice absorbing correct. carbs while exercising. Yeah. Like you have if to if get you're not your practicing gut that. It's likely your body's only going to be able to take like 50 or 60 carbs per hour and like actually digest yeah. that amount. If like, you've never done it before. Um, so yeah. you really have to work your way up.
0: You do. you, And and I think the other piece you have to do is you have to figure out like what brand works for you because everybody yeah. likes a different brand and there's a lot of different, there's a lot of amazing options out there nowadays. Um, and so you just need to be able to test them. And so that's a big piece of full distance training. And if you are not doing it at for your long stuff, at the beginning, you're 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 going to have issues on race day because you're not going to absorb
1: everything that you need, and it's really key. And I'm so. not sponsored by them, not even ambassador for them, but I would love to be. <laughs> um, <laughs> the feed has really great options to test out products. You're able to order individual gels, so you're not buying a whole pack of them hoping you like them. And I think yep. that's how I really experimented and found the products that work for me. Same. Uh, I love love using the feed. I'd love for them too.
0: I tried. <laughs> <laughs> I tried last year. Uh, I'll probably try again this year. But <laughs> they're they like big names. <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, one day
1: keep, keep sharing this
0: podcast, everybody. Everybody. Keep sharing it, and then maybe we can actually get some sponsors to help and give you guys something back, which is the absolute key. Because at the end of the day, that's what we want to do is give back to you guys. But it is a great place to go find things. You can get single-use packets of stuff. to be able to try and brands are coming out again, brands are coming out with amazing concepts on to help you get in this amount of, you know, carbohydrates, um, you know, precision hydration just relaunch their, their carb only and they don't have to worry about the electrolyte. And so you can balance, okay, how many carbohydrates do I need? Do I need more electrolytes? Do I not? Um, infinite just came out with a new 90 gram and 120 gram fructose blend. Um, scratch has their super fuel, the, you know these are these are all brands that
1: are I very prevalent. Because <laughs> I will eat foods while training, and Scratch just came with a out with like a make it your by yourself cookie mix that's Ooh. supposed to be like a higher, easier to digest carb option like than regular cookies. Anyway, that's a tangent, but I like that
0: sounds good cookies so. <laughs> so do I. And as we mentioned in one of our last podcasts, you and I both struggle with trying to get in just enough carbohydrates and food in general. (laughs) Um, so that could be a really great option to uh, (laughs) help manage that a little bit. (laughs) Um, yeah. So really, again, you know, I, I have worked with like what the, when I work with athletes on creating kind of that, that plan, you know, one of the things I do ask them is, do you feel you need a lot of more solids than, than liquids? And, um, I do try to kind of push them to kind of mix the two. So maybe it's one thing where we, we create a plan where we go, okay, for the first hour, you're only going to drink your calories. The second hour, you're going to eat your calories in a combination of a packet of chews and a bar that you find easy to eat or something like that. And then the next hour, you're going to drink your calories. You know, especially if you are someone who is maybe a you know, a seven-ish, seven, you know, six and a half, seven, seven and a half hour, um, a, a biker in a full distance, full distance, you know, drinking calories for eight hours can kind of not be fabulous. And so, mixing it up between the two makes it one sometimes easier to carry because you have more space for some of these pieces, and two just gives it a little bit of variety that you are that you have kind of throughout the day. So, I think if you I just have to ask yourself, what can I eat? What sits well with me? And how can I structure it so that I get in, you know, somewhere in that depending on who you are as an athlete, um, in that 90 to 120 grams of carbohydrates an hour. Um, you know, it it can range in that in that space. And um and then again, on top of that, making sure that you're fuel, uh, hydrating as well. Because that has to be included into that space. So
1: with just water, water, and then your fluids, separate bottles,
0: separate bottles. It's very easy to get caught up in the idea that you need your, your caloried, caloried bottles also equals hydration. And they don't, they do a little bit because you do, you are still hydrating, but they are more for your calories. And so you need to follow that up with water or you can follow that up with electrolytes that are just electrolytes. Maybe like they have 10 grams of some 10 ca- calories or something, but that's, that's also the mix. Like sometimes people will, you know, sometimes these electrolyte drinks do have carbohydrates in them. And if you're doing that and, um, and your calorie mix, you're not actually then utilizing the pieces as for what they are and what they need to be. So it's a fun balance, a fun learning. I still don't totally have it mastered. Messed it up a lot.
1: I feel like I got <laughs> a lot clo- got a lot closer at at, at Tremblant. Um, I'm lucky. I feel like I don't have a very touchy stomach when it comes to this stuff. So. Same. I feel very fortunate.
0: Yeah. I mean, for me, I've trained mine to not be as touchy, um, but it's it can't. You got to train it.
1: During training, though, that's where I do suffer because I love corn and I eat a lot of corn in my like Oof. daily life. <laughs> and I have, yes. like, running running training, I cut it out before a race, but I won't cut it out during training. And <laughs> I, for the first hour, I have to be by a porta potty because it's coming. Yes, that makes
0: sense because corn is has very it's new, corn. Un, not there's not a lot of nutritional value in corn.
1: No, it's so good though. <laughs> uh,
0: Baylor loves corn. And it's really funny to watch him eat it because he eats the entire thing of it. Um, it's very funny. Yeah. So, um, awesome. Well, those were our questions for the week. Uh, those were some really great questions. Thank you, everybody, for sending them in. And uh, please continue to do so. You can send them to us either on um, Instagram or on com slash podcast. And head head over to our website and check it out. Um, We've got some great stuff on the website. You can check out our coaching abilities. Both of us have, to do a quick little plug here, both of us have availability and openings for coaching at the moment. So if you are looking for a triathlon coach for, whether it be the last portion of your 2023 season, because there are still some races, or if you're looking for someone to get started for your 2024 season, it's never too late to get started with a coach. In fact, it's usually better to start with one earlier. That way they get to know you who you are as an athlete and how they, that we can help you, you know, to be the best version of yourself. So.
1: And um, if you're someone who's like, I don't know if I have an open water stroke can do a swim analysis and I can help you out on that front. So I have coached swimming for a ton of years. I would say I'm in Okay, open water swimmer myself. And would love to help me <laughs> I'd with say your a very group. good open
0: water swimmer. I will <laughs> argue a very good open water swimmer. Yes, Erin is a fabulous at it. She's really great at helping people. She's got a great eye for being able to um explain to you what it is that you you know how to fix it. Um she's helped athletes take off what did one of one of your athletes take eight minutes off of seventy point three? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you know, She, she's got an eye for it. Highly recommend her. You can check all that out at www.waryfeettakeyou.com. And, um, yeah, that's kind of all we got for you guys today. So we will be back next week with a pre-race for me. We'll do a touch on, I got, I'm racing Augusta 70.3. So I head out for Augusta on Thursday next week. That's quick. Really quick. (laughs) Um, That's really quick. (laughs) I, it's kind of weird, like I feel like it was a long time ago since I raced, but it also is like I like less than a month, and so I'm looking forward to it i um like so I've had some good workouts, I think it's just it's just good good to kind of l- try to like my goal for just to kind of just let go of the season. This has just been such a weird season for me i I haven't performed the way that I know that I'm capable of, and I I think I put a lot of stress on myself this year to perform so that sponsors would be interested in working with me and I got to let that go and just yeah. hope and pray that it'll come when it'll come. Um, cause it will. So I'm excited for it. Should be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I've got that. And then my dad just agreed just recently to go to Cabo with me. Um, awesome. so I can do Cabo. Yeah. Oh, that will be Awesome. So that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, My mom came with me last year and she was going to come this year, but she's going to go see her dad in Minnesota, um, which she needed to go do. That was more important. So, um, yeah, my dad said he'd come with me. So two more races left in the year for me. And, yeah, we'll do a little pre-race show. Um, Just touch on it briefly. And, yeah.
1: Well, i got to go do a swim I'm really not looking forward to. I don't like seeing 200s all out or multiple hundreds all out on the program.
0: I know. Those (laughs) are fun, huh?
1: Thanks, Kayla. (laughs) You're welcome.
0: (laughs) Well, I don't like when I see 400s on my schedule. If you want to talk about, like, bad mindset, (laughs) put 400s on my swim schedule. And I have such a hard time shifting my thought process on them. I hate 400s in the pool.
1: (laughs) They're the worst. It's, uh, it's these 100, I don't know, anything that I think just, like, says Tessa or all out for me with swimming now, I'm like, I don't want to do that. I've done that. No, <laughs> I don't want to do know. that. But I need to but do it. And I might just not look at my time.
0: <laughs> well, that's the point. I mean, really, what we're trying to do is we're trying to just kind of get some high-end intensity for you, right? Yeah. That's the goal of okay. it, so... Anyway,
1: we've dragged this on. Sorry.
0: (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to us ramble. We appreciate you being here, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye, everyone.